nobody would hold it against you if you ran an initiative and that initiative failed. Right. On, on the contrary, if all your initiatives succeed, you, you are not doing enough of them. Uh, happy to be here today with Dror Kata. He is the co-founder and CEO at Adido. So I think I'd like to start out just by asking Dror if you could you know, tell us a little bit about your background and how that led you to co-founding the business and, and sort of how it's evolved to date. My personal background is uh, 11 years in the Israeli intelligence. I was part of a program in the Israeli army uh, that is called Talpiot that recruits um, 30 to 50 cadets every year. And then we go through uh, a very interesting training in which we study physics and math as a bachelor degree, as well as going through basic trainings across the army, like uh, infantry and armory and uh, air force and Navy and everything. And then following the program, uh, you're positioned as, a, as an R&D officer in one of the branches where you have both practical expertise as well as academical background to develop R&D solutions for, the, for that unit. Um, and I left the army after about 11 years of service. And then I teamed with Barack Berkovich, who was one of the leading technologists in my unit at the time. Um, and uh, we were looking for industries where there is a lot of, there is a lot of data. And on the other hand, significant inefficiencies that could be solved with a data product. And we found the life insurance industry fascinating uh, because the life insurance industry, unlike other industries, and especially the life insurance industry, is, is, is a place where being able to monetize data better creates a, a huge impact on the business. And being able to understand policyholder behavior and long-term profitability is key in making strategic decisions. And a world that was dominated by consultants that uh, play uh, the game of big numbers um, and do a lot of manual analysis probably is, you know, is becoming outdated when you look for customized, personalized approach to customers um, where data changes rapidly. And we are now living in a time that even the even the political situation, um, the regulation, the world itself is changing more rapidly. So I think um, that we provide the most value where insurance companies have assets that they were not realizing that are assets previously, which is basically thinking about your existing policyholders. Your existing policyholders um, create and your existing data as an insurance company um, is, is a great is a great resource to start harvesting for insights. And if you take this data and augment it with external data feeds, you can start building better understanding of how customers interact with their insurance policy. How do they utilize the product? When do they pay premium and when do they not? How much insurance do they need? What type of product do they need? And then this feeds into various functions as well as thinking about risk differently or think about portfolio management differently and your capital structure differently. You know, what, what has been your overall approach as you've, you know, as you started to mature, I realize you're still relatively early stage, but nonetheless, as you've, you know, built the team, what has your approach been to sort of uh, assessing potential leaders to join your team and, and, and sort of the evolution of your organizational design? So I think one thing that we did nicely because of COVID was that up to COVID, we were trying to run processes 
like we were a non-distributed team in a distributed manner. So if so, we were thinking about meetings the way meetings are thought of if you have an office. You just do them over Zoom. Like, you know, three people are in this office, two people are in that office, and one people is, you know, and one person is logging from home. But, you know, the meeting is set up as a meeting. And one thing that we actually started doing post-COVID that was actually very successful was to rethink the structure. So we moved into a more, you know, a more frequent type meetings that are shorter. And that happened to be much more um, effective for a lot of the functions we had. So instead of having like a whole hands meeting that is like, you know, a two-hour workshop that everybody prepares for and so on and so forth, we move, we change it to have like two or three 10, 15-minute stand-up meetings of all, all company. And everybody syncs and everybody speaks. And it's like, you know, everybody get their 30 seconds yeah. um, and share their insights. And because it happened like every other day, you can squeeze in most of the things you worked on to 30 seconds because you right. there's not a lot that change in, in just a couple of days. Right, right. Um, and the team is now actually more synced than it was pre-COVID. <laughs> Um, because it creates a different environment. Did any of the members of the team, you know, find it challenging to 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 move to this different structure? Did you have to, you know, do any training or coaching? And as you've maybe added more talent to the team, do you have certain methodologies you use to try and assess if someone's going to be able to fit in this type of environment? So I think so. Short answer is yes. Um, it's, uh, I think the different generations react to the situation differently. Um, people that are more used to see people at the office and discuss things in an office have some gaps, and we are constantly thinking about ways to mitigate that, that, gaps, that, that gap. Um, we started doing something that we, that we are really proud of that is called um, Atidate. Um, so the company's name is Adidot, is Adidot and what we do is an Atidate where uh, we set up randomly two people from the company for, uh, for a half-hour coffee over Zoom. So, you know, trying to simulate this bumping into somebody around the kitchen table or around the coffee table. Um, and, you know, it's basically everybody and anybody. It's like, you know, I'm... I'm I'm getting set up. I don't know who am I taking to next week. I'm getting set up with somebody for a half-hour coffee. Um, yeah, same goes as everybody in the company. Um, so this is something that we started doing because this was missing. Coming out of a military background or military intelligence background where maybe it would, most people would assume it's more structured, you know, more hierarchical, um, maybe less open to, to uh, you know, pivots and, and, and changes you know, um, how did you make that move? And, and, and are there any things that you've taken out of your military background um, that you think have helped from a success point of view or have enabled you to kind of increase the resilience of your organization or build resiliency into your organization? So it's actually the other way around. I think the, the unit I'm coming from, the unit I'm coming from is actually known for in Israel for not wearing any ranks because what they want is, you know, for the, for the ones who knows best to, to speak and not necessarily the one that is highest ranked. So um, it creates a culture that 
you know the the there is no right answer and it 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 helps people push themselves forward and try and do different things and try and be more you know be more creative in what they do because if you become the expert of a certain field you you are the expert of that field nobody would you know certify you as an expert you'll just become the expert or the go-to person in in certain areas um and coming from this type background i think uh the way we think about resilience is obviously you don't want to have one person that everything relies on on them specifically um and the way to do it is not necessarily by saying you know, you're a point person on this and you're a point person on that is by saying, this is what we all do and we all know what everybody does. Um, and you just focus on where you're and where you excel. And, you know, basically the company is driven by the people at the company and not necessarily by, um, so, so, you know, the, the way we change the strategy is by recruiting the right people and directing them in the right direction and then let them do what they do best. So they yeah. can come up with better solutions in their areas because they're expert in their areas. Nobody would hold it against you if you ran an initiative and that initiative failed. Right. On, on the contrary, if all your initiatives succeed, you don't, you're not doing enough of them. Some of them easy. should fail because you're not pushing enough, you know, you're not pushing the envelope. Um, the goal, and as long as you take more responsibilities, nobody's gonna say no. Um, we're going to help you. We're going to, we're going to guide you. We're going to direct you. But if you think that's a good initiative, go, go ahead and do it. If it fails, we'll, you know, we'll investigate why it failed. We'll debrief. We'll think through that. Um, but I think, I think nobody in the company, you know, had an experience. Like, I think we were more concerned about people not taking enough initiative mm -hmm. than people taking too much initiative. Right. 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 Is there anything else you would want to share as a, a wrap up before we go? Um, yeah, I think uh, one of the interesting things we are learning through this process is that the different cultures um, create more innovation. So the fact that insurance companies have to live through a startup life for like two or three months where everything is remote and everything is challenging, etc., um, as well as us needing to, um, you know, work with partners that are more traditional and more established and more, you know, process uh, driven than a startup. I think this is what part of the things that cultivate, you know, to cultivate this new thinking and new creativity, because those two different, you know, um, attitudes and 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 values. Um, meet together and create something new and interesting. And I think COVID actually creates a great opportunity to do all of that, as long as we all stay healthy. Yeah, it's a great story. And uh, thanks again for your time, Jorah. Thank you for your time.